Welcome to the Marriage Prep Podcast. I'm Nathan Hooper. And I'm Allie Hooper. In this podcast, we will give you all the resources that you need to go from dating or engaged to creating a lasting marriage that will bring you more happiness than you ever thought possible. Here, we're going to interview experts and discuss important topics like how to know if your partner is right for you. We will provide you guys a list of questions and conversations that you need to be having to make sure you're both ready for marriage and on the same page. We will even dive deep into topics like sexual intimacy, finances, how to have a fair fight, and a whole lot more to make sure you can step up to that altar with complete confidence. So subscribe now and make sure you guys don't miss any episodes and we'll see you in there. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us here again. Hopefully you're having a great day. We're super, super excited about this episode. This week we're talking about how to know if who you're dating is right for you. The age-old question, so important to know. And we're going to give you guys our full story, how we met, how we got engaged, how we got you know decided to get married, how we found out that getting married for us was the right thing to do with the goal of analyzing our story that you guys can take away some of the important principles that we can from our story to apply into your own lives. Yes. And we are so excited to share our story with you. I always love sharing our story. I just think it's fun to relive that. Hopefully you guys can get to know us a little bit better today. And like Nathan said, we're going to try to keep it as brief as we can in, in terms of sharing our story and then really focus on some principles that we've found that we realized, oh, like this is, these are some things that we really, that we really learned and yeah. that others can kind of take away as well. For sure. So the first half of the episode, we're going to be sharing our story. Second half, we're going to be analyzing it, dissecting it, finding the principles and sharing that with you guys. Obviously, one really important thing to note to mention when talking about this is that there's not like one, one size fits all copy and paste way yeah. to know that this person is right for you. It's very individual. It's between you. It's between God, your family, mm-hmm. all that kind of a thing. So make sure you're aware of that. But hopefully we can teach you guys some principles and look at some principles from our story that you guys can apply into your lives. Yes. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and get started. I always start, and Nathan and I said, we're, we're going to kind of tell both of our perspectives. So we talked, I think last time, or maybe the first episode about how we met on Mutual. Yes classic story. So a little background, I had just gotten home from my mission in January. And a few days later, I had a friend over, Alex Suizo, if you're listening, and from my mission. And he, we were just talking and catching up. And he told me a little bit about how he had been using Mutual to meet people. So anyway, so I had to download the app just kind of on a whim. And then maybe if that was like five days after and a few weeks later, Nathan and I matched and then started talking and that same friend and I were hanging out that like a few weeks later and kind of spontaneously planned a fun like double date. And so I just messaged yeah. Nathan kind of out of the blue, asked him on a date and that was kind of how it started. Yep. Yeah. Fun thing is, is that Ali actually ghosted me for the first little bit. Like we matched. <laughs> I feel like we were hitting it off, like just connecting, uh, like having so, like really fun, just like t- texting each other. And then she just randomly stopped texting me back. And I was like, oh, well, that's a bummer. She was really cool. But then she just <laughs> texted me out of the blue, like she said, and just invited me to this group date. And she said, she kept using the word like group date. So I was a little nervous because I didn't think it was, I thought it was like, I know, I wanted maybe to this, sound big, cool. <laughs> this big group thing. And I was like, I don't know anybody and I don't even know this girl. So anyway. it was just four of us. So yeah. it was okay. Yeah. But it was so fun. Yeah. And then we went laser tagging. Yes, we went laser tagging. I just did not want the, the night to end. And we'll get into this, but there was just such a good connection, I yeah. feel like. Just right off the bat, I was super nervous. I remember like I was at my parents' house before he came over and like he was on his way and I was just like sweating and so nervous. And both of my friends were there who were on the date with us and just super nervous. And then from the minute we met, it was just 
a natural connection yeah. and we just didn't want the i didn't want the night to end for sure well can't speak for you but yeah it was just awesome yeah so, so we at that point we just kind of knew that we wanted to keep keep dating i yeah, think like we had agree. such a fun time we wanted to keep dating and so we like we just kept dating from that point on and i think ali was really the one like we kind of talked about in our last episode about vulnerability she was the one that was wanting to define the relationship ali knew right away that this is yeah. something serious and i i did too i never really had a serious relationship before ali so i kind of didn't know how to proceed so i was a little nervous yeah. i didn't want to i was kind of scared of commitment i was just kind of scared of what it would be and so ali was kind of constantly wanting to have these dtrs he's like what are we kind of yeah, a like thing. a weekend i was like so are we dating yeah 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 because <laughs> i was just super excited about him and yeah and like he said i had been in a relationship before i'd been in a few relationships before and he hadn't and so i was just i felt like i had the clarity and i don't know that he did yet mm-hmm. i think he probably knew but he it's kind of like you have nothing to compare it to so it's a little bit harder but yeah. we we still were able to make it work for sure and something that's important to note too is at that time i was kind of training to play college basketball not mm-hmm. that i wasn't going to play anywhere good like like a small community <laughs> college or something like that but that was my goal when i had got i got back from my mission in august and i decided i want to work towards something so i thought well let's let's work towards basketball let's see where it can take us so i started training shout out to ricky norton at norton performance i trained with those guys so <laughs> but trained over there for a while and kind of was trying to decide like do i want to pursue this girl do i want to pursue basketball what's what's the right thing for me so that's kind of where i was at in my life and we were as we were going about dating right and so I think it's important to to say that at the beginning, we had a lot of fun, but I feel like our life plans weren't as compatible at yeah, first. Right. And Nathan was really gung-ho, like training two times a day, like super into mm-hmm. basketball and just pursuing that. And I was planning on transferring to BYU and starting there. And I was kind of like ready to get married. I was yeah. like, let's not wait any longer. And Nathan kept saying, it's okay. We can date other people. So I kind of forced <laughs> myself to go on dates with other guys and stuff, whatever at the beginning. But yeah. it was, but I think our life goals at first weren't as compatible, which is what yeah. kind of like led to this experience that we'll dive into in a, in a mm-hmm. minute that, that changed everything for us. Yeah. So, so Ali is kind of hinting at it, but we, and as we were, we probably were dating, like we probably dated about months? Three or four months, probably two months unofficially, and then we became official, uh-huh. and then we dated like for maybe another I month. I wanted to after be official that. after like a week, but yeah, but yes. So you know how it is. Like we, we were basically official, but <laughs> yeah, we were basically I official. I wasn't dating anybody guys. else. Yeah, I was just dating her, and then we finally became official. It was just kind of like a a nicety at that point, but we yeah. became official, <laughs> and then shortly after that, we actually broke up. And I'll I'll kind of share my story. So Ali was speaking. I remember this. Like Ali was speaking in church on Sunday uh-huh. and her award, like it was a YSA award. So I came and listened. And after that we had dinner with her family. And so I had, I remember I had kind of a cold, like I wasn't feeling hundred percent. And I was just also like nervous about being around like family members. Cause I had never really had a girlfriend and like never interacted with their family mm-hmm. before. So I was a little intimidated and nervous about all that. So we went over to this dinner at Allie's grandma's and her whole family was there. And I'd met them before a couple of times. Allie like had me go to like this. <laughs> kind of a funny story. It was like our third date. And I was always like very adamant that I wanted whoever I dated to meet my family very early mm-hmm. on because I felt like it would help me know if they were going to be compatible with me. And so like our third date, I was like, hey, my family's going to dinner, like on his way over to my house. And like, we're going to a family yeah, dinner. She just and called me. He so just met my met. family after three dates and he was super nervous. And He's like, no, like I don't want super, super nerve wracking. So I, I didn't really set him up for success and he was super nervous. And then yeah. was at like, because of that, he was kind of quiet. And my family was like, wow, this guy's really <laughs> quiet and shy. Are you sure? Like you guys right. are compatible. So 
so yeah, third third or fourth time seeing uh-huh. my family. It's like this family dinner after my talk. It's yeah. kind of nerve wracking. Yeah, so I was stick, nervous. So. Like I said, I didn't have much experience to go on of like dating a girl and going and being her family. So I was just nervous about all of it. And so I was quiet again at this dinner. Like I wasn't like weird. I don't think I was weird, but no, I was just, just like quiet and like they're talking about politics. I didn't know a lot about my politics. My family can be like, not, I, I always use the word intense. I don't know if that's the right word, but they just get really passionate about things. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it can like, be intimidating to feel yeah. like you like when you're new to just jump in. Yeah. So Plus, he was just quiet. Yeah. I was just quiet. I was a little sick and it was just kind of a new situation for me. So I was just kind of trying yeah. to figure out and navigate that. But and I anyway. think when you're when you're dating someone, you like nitpick everything. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, why is he being so quiet around my family? Does he not like them? Like what's going on? And mm-hmm. he's thinking like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. So I'm right. just going to kind of lay low and play it safe. And and so from my perspective, I'll kind of pick up where you left yeah. off. I had been having lots of conversations with my parents because my parents like approval has always been really important to me. Mm-hmm. I think everyone feels totally. that way. And so I had been talking with my parents and like we, we touched on, I didn't really give Nathan an adequate chance to kind of like get to know my family in a normal setting. It was like first time we met them, it was three dates in. We were still just very, very, very casual. And it was like a formal dinner at like yeah. a sit down restaurant. Right. And then so I feel like I didn't give him very many opportunities, but my parents had this perception of him that he was just this quiet guy and that he just, his only like passion in life was basketball. Mm-hmm. And like, they just didn't really know him the way that I knew him. But I also didn't really know Nathan the way that I do now, obviously. Right. And so there was this concern of, wow, what if he's really not compatible with my family? Like we both grew up in Utah and we're both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but how compatible really are we? And so I started worrying about this and after he left, it was like, it was hard to say goodbye, but I think there was this part of me that was like, are we right for each other? Cause like even yeah. my little sister had, and I had been talking and, and she was like, I don't know, like his energy doesn't match yours. And mm-hmm. so we were just really super nitpicky about the whole thing. And so I just decided I wanted to pray and, and figure out like, it w- was this right? Cause I was constantly yeah. this whole time. And I think this is an important principle to touch on, but I was constantly seeking out revelation of, is, is he the right person for Absolutely. me? So I, so I kneel down and I pray and I just immediately start crying because I, it was just this overwhelming sense of you have to break up with them. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's the idea of that started with my parents, not necessarily not approving of him, but being like a little bit skeptical. And my older sister kind of set the standard high that like all the guys that she had brought home were really, really like super outgoing, talkative guys. So I thought that was like they had to be super outgoing from, mm-hmm. the, from the get-go. So anyway, to make a long story short, I received a very strong revelation that I needed to break up with him and that I remember thinking like there is something or someone better out there. What I didn't know is that it was going to be Nathan, a better form of a better version of him. But I felt like you need to break up with him. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to know all the reasons why, but you need to break up with him. And it was so devastating. And I was so, so sad. But the next day, it was a Monday. I was going to my orientation at BYU and I I just texted him and basically said, like, hey, we need to talk. And so you can kind of take yeah. over from here and tell your I just remember perspective. I, I think I was, at, I remember being at home on my computer, like working or doing something and got this text from her. And I was like, LOL, like what? You're going to break up with me or something? And then she like responded again with something serious. And I was like, oh my gosh, like my heart started pounding and I didn't want to break up with her. <laughs> Out of the blue. But I think she called me and we talked about that and we ended up getting together in person. I kind of broke up with him. I think I yeah. broke up with you over the phone. And, I think and, so. I was and then like, we met, yeah. we met together in person. We to meet that night and talk um, about we it. Went to the Jordan River Temple um, yes. in the parking lot. And it was we like just, a six hour conversation. Yeah, it was least. very long and it was, we were both crying and it was. No, so, I think I cried way more. Than <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, 
But it was but really it was sad. very emotional. And it was like, I was, and I was like begging him not to let me do it because I knew that I yeah. needed to, but I didn't want to. I mm -hmm. really like, I think I already loved him and didn't like, I wanted to marry him and I was yeah. like, I, I, I don't want to do this. But so it was, it wasn't like an easy thing for either of us. It was really hard. It was really sad. It was like, it was pretty, it was really tough. It was devastating. Yeah. And yeah, we just, we decided to do it, but it, because we knew it was right. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to like go back on that revelation that I had received. Yeah. I really believe it was like a very powerful revelation. And what was, so what was interesting was, so we broke up and it was, it was really hard, but some really interesting things happened. I'll kind of share my side of the story for a little bit of what happened to me. We were only broken up for a week, maybe two weeks. Like it was, it was five days. It was five days. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was at least a week. I so, think it was five days. Anyway, it wasn't very long. Not it was, very long. It was not long, but Felt a like lot a of month. <laughs> really important things happened. So during this time, well, first of all, I had a friend get married. So that was just like, it was kind of like... first good friend got married. Yeah, when my first good friends got married, Tyler and Amelia, if you guys are listening, shout out to you guys. <laughs> but they got married and it was like, you know, kind of eye-opening for me. And I, I just got broke. I just broke up with a girl, like my first like real important girlfriend that I really cared about. And so that happened. Also, I had basketball tryouts for a solid community college and... It was, it didn't really go that well. It didn't play out well. And I remember specifically sitting down at the last day of the trial, I was talking to my friend, Brennan, if he's listening. So double, <laughs> double shout out, Brennan Starch. But I remember telling him, I was like, this isn't, this isn't what I want. Like it hit me like after this trial, while we were broken up, I was like, this isn't what I want. I think I want to get married. I think I want to settle down and start getting my life together. I knew if I wanted to play basketball, I was probably gonna have to leave Utah. I was probably gonna have to go to like Wyoming or some other small school somewhere else to play. And I realized that that wasn't what I wanted. So a couple of big things there. But probably the biggest thing that happened, I think for me, like the biggest spiritual confirmation, and I don't, Ken and Shauna, Allie's parents don't even know this story yet. So if you're listening, here's, here's a new one for you. So I had gone to Salt Lake City with a friend, Allie and her family live in Salt Lake City. I had gone to Salt Lake City. I was downtown Salt Lake. We had gone, I'd gone to lunch with a friend. And afterwards we were, I was like walking to my car or something. And I saw a store that Allie and I had had like a little moment in or something like it was restoration. Yeah. Yeah. We'd it was restoration and, hardware furniture or something. Yeah. So we had, we'd walked in there and kind of like Looked had a funny time and, and time with furniture and, and yeah. stuff. So I just like reminisced and went through there and walked through there and just kind of thought about her. And, you know, it was still fresh in my mind. And as I walked out, I saw Allie's parents. I saw Ken and Shauna like crossing the street and I, my heart started racing. I was like, Oh my gosh, I was so scared. And so I like ran away the other direction and as I was leaving and like going to heading to like the parking garage or something, I had this thought. I was like, maybe I should talk to them. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I was like, how cool would it be if I talked to them? And so I said a prayer and I said, Heavenly Father, if I, I'm going to take a lap around this little block. If I see them again, I will talk to them. So I take my how lap. How scary would that be? <laughs> yeah, I was terrified. <laughs> and so I was like kind of hoping, kind of hoping I would see them, but hoping also I wouldn't. And anyway, so I took my lap. And of course, as I was about to hit the end of the little block, I see them and I see both them walking into a store and, or walking in a specific a direction. So I see where they're going. They're not walking towards me. They're walking like a different direction. And so I see where they're going. I was like, okay, I need to talk to them. So I go through like this back alley to cut them off. So it wouldn't be like weird of me like coming up behind them. But I go to cut them off. So I'm heading this like towards them on the sidewalk. And as I'm walking, I, I run into Ken, Allie's dad. Shauna had stepped into a store or something. But and we just talked for 20 minutes. Like we just, I was like, Hey, Ken, how you doing? And I just caught, caught up with him. Like the first like real conversation I had with Ali's parents, like, I remember I just apologized to him. I was like, Hey, I just, I wanted to apologize. Cause I feel like I wasn't very, like, I wasn't myself around you guys. I was, Ali was my first real girlfriend and I was just nervous about it. And I just, I wanted to apologize to you. And that was it. Like we didn't have like a really big conversation. We talked about keto. We talked about a couple of other things and going on in their lives and my life. And, but that was it. And then I went home and I felt great for at least having the courage to do that. But that kind of like, that whole time sparked something for me, for Allie, for her family. It just kind of yeah. was like the catalyst, I think, to helping us get back together. And 
deciding that this was something that was right for me. Because during this week, I essentially went from like, was I going to play basketball, non-committal, to now I want. I think I want to get married. I don't. I'm not worried about basketball anymore. And I think I I want to marry Allie. So that was what happened in this one week of being broken up. Yeah. But. So it gives me chills just thinking about it. But just to backtrack a little bit. So beginning of the week, we're broken up. I'm devastated. I'm like seriously I go to work. I'm sobbing like at work, just so. <laughs> so sad and like how will my life go on and then just trying to like move on and figuring out what I want to do I go to my first day of classes at BYU I'm like you know looking around see if anyone cute is in the class if I can move on whatever nothing's (laughs) happening and I'm just like like I don't know what to do and then I get a text from my dad that day that he ran into Nathan and and he basically said hey like this is kind of crazy but I just ran into Nathan at City Creek and I just want you to know that if you guys ever decide to get back together, you have my blessing, basically something along those lines. I was like, what? That is so crazy. Cause like, I thought that God was telling me break up with him because there's maybe someone better out there for you. So you're going to meet some guy at BYU or what, like something is going to happen and like Nathan's not it for you. But he says that. And then I'm like, this is really crazy. So I go and I get my patriarchal blessing and I read through it. And for whatever reason, as I'm reading through it, I just see mine and Nathan's life together. Like I just see this glimpse of us just like happy and creating a life together and creating a family. And just, it was just this beautiful, clear picture of you're going to marry him and it's Mm going to be amazing and you're going to be happy and he's the person for you. And it was crazy because I was, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to like, get that revelation when you just barely felt like you needed to break up with him. So I almost felt yeah. like I was like, am I just telling myself this because I'm sad? But really it it came down to the fact that he, it was, he, he yeah. was a different person. And, and so then I can't remember who texted who first, I but we, I, I think we it was just, probably me. Yeah. We decided we wanted to get together. I think mm-hmm. Nathan was like, a, a, like a, it was like a week after we'd broken up yep. or a couple days after. I, it was, it was the night after my last trial, kind of when I had that realization. So all this had happened, but just, just for you guys, just in case you don't know the patriarchal blessing, that's like a oh, yeah. specific blessing given to us and members of the church given by a patriarch, essentially like a really specific prayer given and it's typed out, printed, kind of just almost outlining your future in a sense, just kind of not like specifics, but given like you're going to have a happy marriage or whatever, it just kind of breaks some things down for you and it's yes. individualized. So really powerful. Yeah. If you have questions about that, you can email us if yeah. you haven't heard of that. But totally. But anyway, just a, yeah. Yeah. So Ali and I get back get to at night and we just kind of decide that we're going to get back together and just on cloud nine, like so yeah, relieved. And then, and then from there, I remember we, we were on a trip. This is maybe a couple of weeks later. We were on a trip with Ali's family to St. George and we, stopped I and I were coming a little bit later and we stopped at do you remember what that Dixie Rock Dixie Rock so we went to talk, top of Dixie Rock if you guys have yeah. been there and we just we talked about getting married and that like that was kind of when we decided that we wanted to get married and it was kind of scary and overwhelming but it was like we just went for it that was yeah. like a really great example of a vulnerable conversation any of you who have had that talk yeah. will understand and any of you who are wanting to have it it's scary but it's so mm-hmm. exciting and that was one i initiated ali initiated the rest of them yes that's i true. did initiate that one yeah. so i was learning vulnerability and i was you know great. and it was great yeah. and so it was kind of like for us it was like a tale of two two relationships like the first relationship was more like fun it was just like I wasn't very committed. Ali was. It was Ali was being really vulnerable. I wasn't. I was scared. Ali was ready to go. She broke up with me. It was the right thing to do. 
we got back together and I was a different person. I he knew was that. So totally different. I was committed. I knew I wanted to marry her. It was just kind of like that thing. And I, I thought about this as we were kind of preparing this. I thought about, I don't know if you guys have seen that picture, but it's like a, there's a picture of God and he has a big teddy bear behind his back. And he's asking this little girl who has a tiny teddy bear to trust him. And then she's saying, but God, I love it. And I feel like, I feel like that was kind of Allie in a sense that like, she didn't want to give me up as I was as a tiny teddy bear. But because she was willing to have that faith to make that sacrifice, she was this able person to, that I loved so much. Yeah, she was able to receive up. me in as a bigger teddy bear, a better version of myself, like more committed. So that was really powerful for us. That was something that mm-hmm. like you know, was a big confirmation for us. But anyway, after we had that conversation at Dixie Rock, we just we knew we wanted to get married. We got engaged. Turned we started into just planning the wedding. Yeah, at we that just point started planning. And, we started yeah. preparing. We started meeting with Wendy Dunford. That was she's the she's amazing the therapist yeah. that we worked with. Who gave us those questions. And has allowed us to share them with you guys. But we started working with her. We started getting prepared to get married. And and then we got married in, in November of 2018. And now here yep. we are. So it was like, it was about a little under a year that yeah. our, our journey of from meeting to getting married. So, yeah. so yeah. So I guess that's kind of our story. That's the gist of it. We kind of want to talk about some of the principles. We kind of want to talk about some of the principles that that we found that we could pull away. Mm-hmm. The first one being that connection, that initial yep. connection that we had which we kind of talked about, but I think it's just, it's obviously very important that you have that connection that you're able to have fun with someone Mm -hmm. because you're going to be with them for forever. You're going to be married to them. Hopefully like you're in this for the long haul. And so you want to be able to have fun with them and have that connection. So Ali and I like right away, like even when we were texting, I remember telling my mom, because I was kind of getting tired of dating at that point. And if you guys, you guys probably know that if you've been on, you know, dating for a little while, like it gets kind of old. Like you're just paying a lot of money for, especially for the guys, you're paying a lot of money. You're going on first dates. You're not really excited about anybody. And it's just like kind of tough. So when I met Allie, when I started talking to her, I was kind of getting to a point where I was tired of dating. But I remember talking to my mom, like just from texting Allie, I was like, this is actually a girl I could see myself with or having something with because she was so cool to talk to. We connected so well. We had such a similar person, like sense of humor and just like, it was just so easy to talk to each other. And once we met, it was just like that too. Like it was, it was better. It was yeah. not awkward or uncomfortable anyway we just hit it off right away and just like knew like we just connected so well so i would say for you guys like make sure that if you have that connection with somebody and you know like if you are on the same like wavelength just going back and forth having so much fun you love being around them so easy to talk to i think that's a great sign i think it's mm-hmm. a great sign and that's that's really important but it's just it's kind of a baseline like yeah. once you can check that box then you go deeper mm-hmm. which the next principle we kind of noticed was our goals yep. so at first Nathan had these goals of basketball, wasn't really like sure if he wanted to get married or what he wanted to do with his life. And I was like, I was like gung ho. I was going on tons of dates trying to see if I could find that person for me because I felt like that was my next thing. Like I I had gotten home from my mission and I just, I wanted to find someone who I could start a life with. Mm -hmm. And I was just ready for that. And so after we broke up and then Nathan kind of had those like wonderful moments of going to Tyler and Amelia's wedding and just having experiences that showed him that he wanted to get married and that was his next step. Then our goals were aligned. And so hopefully yeah. for those of you who are thinking about getting married, hopefully you're already on the same page yeah. or you could, you're able to have experiences that allow right. your goals to align. But I think the bigger goals aligned and then we weren't the same person. We're, we're very, we're different in a lot of ways, but our bigger goals mm-hmm. were the same. And so we have right. compatible desires out of life so that we we're going to be happy with the life that we choose to yeah. live. And that's something really important because you can make a great connection with somebody. You guys, you can be really compatible with someone. You can, but if their goals are entirely different from your goals, then that's going to be a problem. If I was so fixated on playing basketball, then that wasn't really going to mesh with what Allie's goals were. For example, like if maybe you're, you're a person that just like 
you want to live in Florida or you want to get away from Utah, you want to get away from wherever you're living, away from your parents, you want to live outside the state, you only have want to have one or two kids, you might connect really well with somebody who wants the exact opposite. Maybe this person wants to stay close to home and want to stay close to their family. They want to have a big family, four or five kids. And even though you're compatible because your goals are so different, that can cause problems down yeah. the line. Your ideal life isn't compatible. And so, yeah, yeah think about it. That's something Moving, important to think yeah. about is that you want to make sure you you have compatible goals and like you're not like so that's just an extreme example. Maybe there's not you're not so like passionate about something, but you want to make sure that your goals where you guys want to both want to go lines up pretty well. It doesn't yeah. have to be exact, of course, yeah. like there's gonna be some give and take, but you want to make sure that lines up in the same at least direction, same general idea. Yeah, and I think that's where those questions come in. I remember like after we had gotten back together and kind of decided we wanted to get married and we we received that list of questions we kind of were gung-ho on. Okay, we're going to talk about these a lot. And a lot of the questions talked about like, where do you want to live? And we realized we both probably wanted to stay in Utah. We just had like mm-hmm. really similar, yeah. we want a family. We want a lot For of the sure. same bigger things. Even though, like I said, Nathan's strength or strengths and weaknesses are different than mine, but we we were compatible enough yeah. that the bigger things lined up. Yeah, so. and I think we can touch on that too, Ali, that, Sometimes you're like worried that you have to be really similar to a type of person or really different or I don't opposites attract. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But for Ali and I, like we are very compatible and we have similar like senses of humor and like, you know, we're funny and we're personable, but we also have like our strengths. Like my, I feel like my strengths complement Ali's strengths really well and her strengths complement my weaknesses really well. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we complement each other where, where I'm not so strong, Ali fills in and where Ali might not be so strong, I can help fill in there. And so it really works out that way that we're not like the same person. And I don't think you want to marry someone who is the exact same as you, but you want to find somebody who can complement what you're already good at or can, can find, can fill in the gaps where you might have gaps in your life, I would say. Right. Yeah. And I think we're just so happy. Like, even though we are pretty different. Like just an, ex- I always give the example that Nathan is like a big business guy. He lives to save money, and I'm mm-hmm. like, if it was up to me, I would just be spending all of our money. We'd be living in a like an apartment that was way too expensive, or we'd we would just have way too many things, and and we wouldn't be able to get anywhere with our life. But because of Nathan, he kind of brings me down to earth, and I. But I also make sure that we always have nice things. Yeah. Like we just yeah. balance each yeah. other out, and so it's important that. And I kind of I remember thinking like before before I even met Nathan, and that was important to me that I found someone who could help me to rein yeah. in my right. spending habits, whatever. So think about, I think it's important to check and make sure that, that you yeah. have that compatibility and, and those differences. And uh, we'll talk about finances next episode. So in case you guys are wondering <laughs> yes. how we make this work, we'll, uh, we'll dive into that. For but sure. anyway, so that was our, that was one thing. And then we want, we also feel like it, another important principle is having a similar background. You don't need to have the same background. It doesn't need to be like cookie cutter or everything is the same. But for Ali and I, we both serve missions. We both played team sports in high school. We both come from church. I mean, we're both from the same religion. We're both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We're fairly similar in our upbringing and our similar backgrounds. We have similar values, which I think is important. This is not to say that like you can't find someone that's great for you that has a different background. But I, I would generally say that in order to have the happiest happiest marriage without like the least conflict and growing pains, finding someone that has a similar background to you is going to be a great thing for you, Mm -hmm. I would say. Would you agree with that, Allie? Yeah. And just to touch on that, I think it's important to be similar enough or to have the same goals. So if you grew up in a situation that you really didn't like and you want a different life for yourself, I think the reason that it's important to have a similar background is, for example, Nathan and I have similar family traditions Mm -hmm. and we have similar, like around the holidays, it works out because we we both like want to do the same things. and. We just have like similar expectations about life because of our backgrounds. Um, mm-hmm. And we're also able to like a lot of our hobbies line up and we enjoy a lot of the same things. And so even if you are different, I'd make sure that like 
that even if your background is different, that your goals based on your background yeah. are the same. So yeah. where you want to take your life from there, from wherever you're at is the same, yeah. which I think is easier if you come from the same background, because generally like similar cultures have similar goals right. and, and you want to usually emulate whatever, if, if you enjoyed sure. your upbringing. For sure. sense, so. so yeah, um, similar background is important, I think. And then the next thing was a sense of commitment to each other, which we talked about. I was a lot more committed at first, but after the breakup and once we got back together, that was like, we became equally committed to each other. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, just making sure that both both partners are committed to this relationship. If someone, in our case, like Allie and I wouldn't have worked out before we broke up because she was so much more committed than I was. Like you want to make sure you have a similar levels of commitment that you're both on the same page towards what you guys like. Like I said, similar goals, like both what you want. You're both committed to each other into this relationship. And so if you're both committed, I think that's a great, great sign. Yeah, for I just, I think about like, if you're not committed, what will happen is probably... Like you could get married even if you're not both committed, but then if you're not committed once you're married a few weeks or months in, yeah, that's, that's where, you know, that's it. That's kind of a danger zone. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be a huge issue. And so, yeah, that's just critical. Right. And hopefully that's something that most people are on the same page, but it's important to have that For conversation. Sure. The next thing we want to talk about was vulnerability. Obviously, we talked about this a lot in our last episode, but you want to make sure that in order to know that this person you're dating is the right person for you, that you're both being vulnerable. That you're sharing your true feelings, you're sharing your true thoughts, you're trying to take this relationship to where you want it to go, and that's going to take some level of vulnerability. Allie was vulnerable in helping us to become originally broken up. She was vulnerable in helping us, I mean, not originally broken up, originally <laughs> a, a couple originally together. She was vulnerable in helping us to break up and then take those steps. And I was vulnerable in telling her that we wanted, I wanted to get married to her and just kind of taking those those steps mm-hmm. to show where you want to go. That's going to involve some vulnerability. Yeah, and I would just add, it's important that you feel comfortable to be vulnerable with each other yeah. and that I feel like vulnerability is something that you can fake. You mm-hmm. can like pretend like you're opening up to someone, but you tell them what you want them to hear. Yeah. And I think like true vulnerability, we touched on this a little bit last time, but like I think the great, a great example is with the questions. Mm-hmm. If you know already that like, let's say that your partner really wants a big family and you don't, you have to be honest about that. Yeah. And you have to be able to find a way to compromise on that. And so being like vulnerable includes like feeling like you can say everything and work through if there are differences. Right. And I think there's always a way to find, not always, but a lot of the times you'd be surprised you can find ways to compromise or to find like we always say a, a synergistic solution mm-hmm. where it works for both of you and yeah. like the best case scenario for both of you, even if your goals might be yeah. a little bit different. And so, yeah, I just think being like, you need to be able to be vulnerable, but be like authentically Mm -hmm. vulnerable and vulnerable all the time. And that synergistic principle that comes from the seven habits of highly effective people from Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Covey, where he, he talks about one plus one equals more than two. And so you're coming together with my idea, Ali's idea. We want to come together with an idea that works the best for both of us. Like it's a win-win situation for both of us. That's something he talks about a lot. And so that's a really important principle that not one partner of the relationship isn't constantly giving up or constantly. Yeah. Yeah. That like you're both able to get what you want basically at the end. Exactly. Um, I think it's compromising. That's what I was thinking. One one partner is not compromising all the time. Anyway, that's a little separate of a topic, but we also want to talk about how you want to make sure that you're getting advice and you're getting feedback from your friends and family about your partner. So like Ali, I talked about initially when we broke up, that was probably the right thing for Ali's parents, Ali's family to 
to give that feedback for them about me because I wasn't in that place of being committed and being ready for Ali and wanting the same thing that she wanted. So I think it's important to be aware of like what your family and friends are saying about your partner. If they if they love him or they love her, that's great. And that's a bonus. But sometimes they can see things that you can't see, you know, mm-hmm. especially in those first stages those of dating. Glasses. Yeah, you're just so obsessed with this person. You just love being with them. There's they can't do they can do nothing wrong. So it helps to have a perspective outside of yourself where they can kind of tell you some things mm-hmm. that's important to see. And not to say that you should only listen to them, but I would say definitely don't get married to someone without consulting your friends, your family, those people who are closest to you to mm-hmm. make sure that they think that it can work as well. I would right. Say. I think that's so, so important. And yeah, like you said, I think there's a healthy level of like approval. I think there it's totally normal where maybe someone in your family is a little bit like hesitant or skeptical yeah. about someone because they love you and they want you to make the best decision possible. Mm-hmm. But it's different when like there's someone who's just not good for you. And it's hard to tell yeah. that when you just you really think someone is so awesome. And so, yeah, I think it's important to listen to friends and family. And that was what kind of sparked me deciding to kneel down and pray and make sure Nathan was right for me. And it led to my family realizing, OK, like Nathan actually is a good guy and mm-hmm. she really loves him. Like she's devastated that they're broken up. Like they all saw that. And so I think that was what we needed. But yeah, I think yeah. you'd be surprised at the wisdom that your parents and family and friends might have. For sure. They know you better than, they, yeah, than they you know, know you. you. They love you and they yeah. really want what's best for you. So they're not going to be like trashed on somebody if they don't think that that person is really best for you. So just be aware of that. Not that you should, like I said, not that you should only listen to their advice. If they tell you something, completely do it without consulting God or you know, trusting your gut. But really listen to their advice and, and seek that out. And yeah. that, this isn't to say, because you know, I talked about how for us, like we broke up and that was what a big thing for us doesn't mean necessarily if you're in a similar spot that you guys have to break up or whatever. Yeah, That's no. just what it was for us. But I would say that's something important. Like if you're in a place like I was where you're kind of uncommittal, you're not really sure, maybe think about your life without that person. Like try to like formulate, visualize your mind. Like what if you guys did break up? What if she was gone? Or what if he was gone that's from really your life? Like advice. think about that and just kind of try to like see if that sparks anything for you. Like if that makes mm-hmm. a difference in how you yeah, feel. If that's that. something you want to really be really committed to. And if you're maybe if you're in a spot like Ali, where she was more committed than than I was the, at the time, maybe you do need to break up with them and see if that if, that, if they're not going to be that person for you. If they're not going to commit. They're never going to be that person. Maybe that is what you need to do. Yeah, and it's hard a lot as of fish that, in the sea. Like it's hard. Yeah, but. as hard as that might be, that might be the answer. And you never know what you guys could get back together. Like what happened to us? But that's just something to be aware of. Like anyway. Yeah, you don't want to get into a relationship where you're five years down the line and they're still not ready to commit. So right, right. you got to trust yourself. Trust and I think self. that goes along with the next principle, which is seek out revelation from God. Mm-hmm. Assuming that most of our listeners are at least Christian or possibly even members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Revelation from God is so important. Yeah. And I remember I was really lucky because I had just gotten back from my mission. So for me, it was very, very important to me. My whole process of meeting and dating people, I was I like I was really good about and I'm not as good now, but I was really good. Like every after every date, I pray and I would ask God, like, how's it going? Do you mm-hmm. want me to keep going on dates with this person? Or is this I, is it ready? Is it time to find someone else to go on dates with? And with Nathan, too, it was like after every date. Okay. Heavenly Father, do you approve of him? Is it still good? And so that was what led to us ultimately breaking up and getting back together. And I think because I followed my heart and because I followed the revelation that I received from God, I have no question that Nathan is right for me Mm -hmm. because I trust God a lot more than I trust myself. Two years down the road of marriage. Yeah. No questions. I'm still committed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And there's been, no, there's always going to be times in any, in any marriage, especially at the beginning where you wonder like, okay, is this the right, did I, did I make the right choice? Yeah. But I know for a fact that I did because 
I received an answer that he was right yeah. for me. So that was, that's and good to fall back on. Makes some really good points. It's not, it might not just be like a one time, like one prayer and you feel good and, and you're done kind of thing. It is a continuous process. Like you want to keep praying. You want to keep working on it. Like everyone always says, and it is true that love is something you work towards. So it's something you work for. You work to make sure that it's still right. Make sure work to make sure that, you know, God approves of what you're doing. And I think it's something that's so important. And for me, like when I had my experience, when I ran into Ken, Ali's dad, that was, that was a sign to me because I had prayed Heavenly Father, if this is what you want from me, let me run into them again. And then I will talk to them. And I did run into them again. So that, for me, that was a sign that this was something I needed to pursue and I needed to get to talk to them and, and eventually marry Ali. So definitely pray often, seek revelation from God, make sure that that you're trusting him and trusting the the promptings that he's that he gives you. Yeah, I think he he well, I know he wants what's best for us, and I think that it's important to him that um, that we get married. I think it's something that that we're we're taught to do, and it's just it's how yeah. we're able to keep the world going around. And it was like the first commandment was to Adam and Eve was to like basically to be together and to have children. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what that's what he wants for us. And so he's going to lead you and guide you. Yeah in whatever direction is necessary to get you to that point. For sure. So yeah, it's super so, important. Yeah. Make sure you trust God, read the scriptures, seek him, find holy places where you can be in to pray, whether that's a temple and church buildings and mm-hmm. in the wilderness and nature, or whatever, yeah. where you can really talk to him. And, and I would add individually, but also together. So yeah. individually making sure that that person's right for you, but then together to know, okay, mm-hmm. like, is it time to get married or like, where should we get married? Or just yeah. like, when once you're married, is it time for us to start having children, or is it t- just big decisions you can pray together as well? Yeah. So and so to kind of sum this up, and then uh, we'll talk about the last step. So to sum up everything, to make sure like how to know if this person's right for you, there's not a one and done answer. But trust yourself, trust your gut, trust your instincts, trust the Lord, seek revelation from Him, talk to your family members, make sure you they're on board, they like Him, listen to what they say. Make sure you guys have a great connection, that you have fun together, that you can mm-hmm. really connect on a deeper level with them as well as on a surface level and a fun level. Like make sure you have a great connection with them. Make sure your goals are similar and that you are going towards the same direction. You're working towards the same things. It's helpful to have a similar background where you guys can relate to what you both grew up in. And, and that, that's a helpful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then make sure you're both committed and you have been vulnerable with each other to really right. get to know them, I would say. Yeah. I think the thing that the biggest, most important thing that, that you said just there was trust yourself. Yeah. So everyone's different and yeah, you touched on all those points. Great. But yeah. I would just say, trust yourself. If you're listening and you're kind of like, I don't know, just trust yourself. You know, yeah. like, you know, it's best, you know yourself as well as anyone else does. So mm-hmm. trust yourself. And trust yourself when it's hard. Like you may be, you're in a spot like Ali where you don't want to break up with the person, but you feel like you need oh, to yeah. I question trust it all yourself the time. and and do what you need to do because you you do know the Lord will will guide you too. And right. then once you guys have done all that, once you feel like you know this is the right person for you, now start getting ready. Start mm-hmm. keep keep listening to this podcast. <laughs> ask those questions that we've been talking about. Like start going through all that. Start preparing. Start thinking about your lives together, and just start getting ready to build a really happy and successful marriage. That's the that's the final For sure. step. So. Yeah, I think the questions are like the best way to do that. The easiest way to do that, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and we'll 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 continue sharing other ideas and yeah. and things that you can try on your road to preparing to getting married. But it's it's an exciting time. It's a stressful time. Um, but just trust yourself, like mm-hmm. we said, and. And it's like the happiest time of your life because yeah. you're you're deciding that you want to spend your life with someone. And yeah. that's that's a cool yeah, thing. Yeah, it is so. so enjoy that. Well, guys, that about wraps up this episode. God loves you. 
We love you. We love you. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you haven't already, and please leave us a review. This has been helpful for you guys. Leave us a review. That helps us so much to just to get feedback from you, how we can improve. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're new at this. This is only the third episode, so we're not perfect. We're totally We're learning. We're growing. So tell us what you think. Give us some feedback. We're happy to to take that. And if 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 it's helped you, let us know. And then other people know too, so that we can keep growing. Yes. And we look forward to sharing our next episode with you in two weeks. In two weeks. And that one is about finances. So we kind of hit that earlier, but we're going to talk about because when you first get married, like managing a budget and figuring out finances, that can be a very stressful thing. So Mm -hmm. we're going to give you guys some, um, some great tips on that. So that's going to be a great episode. So thank you so much. Okay. We'll see you guys next week. Bye guys.